Hello and welcome to another episode of Sunday School at Modern Mystic Shop. My name is Kelly Knight and I am your podcast host and Modern Mystic Shop owner. So how many out there, you don't have to raise your hand if you're driving, but how many out there have been pissed? Yes, many of us and have anger and have have it built up and are not sure how to deal with it. That's what this episode is about. Uh, Before I get into it, I just wanted to let you guys know that again, this is one of the podcast recordings that we did live via Zoom. So it's a little bit different than our conventional setup in the store, but I think that you're going to really, really like it. And it's been super cool to see the faces of people who might live outside of Atlanta and not have the opportunity to experience a recording in the store. It's another way to build community with our broad listenership, which is very exciting. Uh, So instead of getting pissed, we came up with a solution, right? So let's get into what this week's class is about. In this class, Priya Lockie looks at ways to soften anger without turning it against yourself or dumping it on someone else. She explains that to her, spirituality is not finding ways to avoid or dismiss feelings. Guys, that's what spiritual bypassing is. In fact, the highest potential is deeply emotional in nature. Pre explains that it's about getting close enough to yourself to see the heart of what's happening, to be honest about it, and to care for yourself to the best of your ability. Rejecting emotions is not the path, but listening closely to the messages of the mind and heart and honoring them, especially when they are uncomfortable to sit with. Now that is the practice. That's where you find the nectar of anger. So let let me tell you a little bit about Priya. She's been a healer for what feels like many lifetimes. Her formative years were spent with an interest in human conditioning, obsessively asking questions like, why are we here? What does that mean? Who am I? While studying psychology, she gravitated towards the legal profession to defend clients facing the death penalty. While hitting quote-unquote success milestones in her career, Priya felt caged in and empty on the inside, therefore sparking her own self-discovery journey. From this journey that took her to India for over a year, she decided to leave law to support others in realizing how to work with the wisdom within. Through her company, Awaken Ananda, she works with clients one-on-one and in groups to integrate their intelligence and their intuition and ultimately help them awaken to their highest purpose. With a simple, straightforward, and down-to-earth approach, Priya blends science, spirit, and psychology to help get you the results you've been looking for and haven't found. This is a really, really great listen, guys. Everyone should be listening to this one. You should share this one with your friends, especially those who might have some um, emotional distancing or anger, uh, I don't know, anger issues or, you know, you know those people. (laughs) So without further ado, Priya, Dancing with Anger, Four Healthy Ways to Process Anger. I am extremely excited to be here. I love this platform. I love the energy that Modern Mystic and Sunday School brings together. So I'm really, really excited to be here. And I'm grateful for all of you uh, for joining us this morning on Sunday. Um, We are living in unprecedented times. And I am 
honored to be uh, able to provide as much support and service during this time. And I have a lot of interesting stuff I want to talk to you about. And so I might talk a little fast. And if I am, you just let me know. But I'm really excited to be here. Um, I want to start with some breath, just to get us connected, grounded, and centered. And so what we're going to do is we're simply going to inhale for two, hold for two, and exhale out of our mouth for four. So inhale for two, you can put your hand on your heart, on your belly, you can put both hands on your heart, you can simply rest them, palms down on your thighs, whatever is easier, but inhale for two, hold for two, exhale for four through your mouth. And just continue with that at your own pace, just two or three more times. Hold for two. One last time. Yeah. It's a beautiful grounding breath. And I want to just add to that. I want to teach you a technique that you can use during these times and in the midst of anger when you're either experiencing it internally or you're the recipient of it. I want you to imagine a beautiful golden ball of light on the top of your head just like a bouncing ball. And we want to inhale to call the ball into our aura and exhale it to have it go all the way down into Mother Earth. So a beautiful golden ball, inhale it to call it down and exhale it to go all the way down to Mother Earth. It goes through our light channel, which is in our body about the size of a fist. And then it's going to come right back up and create a beautiful grounding circuitry between Mother Earth and your higher self. Between Mother Earth and your higher self. And just imagine this beautiful ball of energy just giving you the energy from Gaia because that is the energy we want to be using at this point in our life. We don't want to give our vital life force energy away and Gaia is here to support us with that. So just imagine that ball creating a beautiful grounding circuit between the earth and your higher self. And just one more addition to that. Imagine now a different colored ball on the top of your head. Any color of your choosing, your higher self will guide you to the exact right color. Trust that. And we're going to create a beautiful sphere of light around us with this ball. So whenever that ball is ready, remember, inhale to call it in. Exhale it. Spread that ball. Swirl it around like a sphere around you, nine feet wide. Good. And if you're an empath, you might notice that it just got really, really quiet. And this is a beautiful practice for you to use every morning as a grounding and as a protection mechanism. Good. Beautiful, you guys. Thank you so much. And we're now going to continue in that grounded space. I also just want to invoke my masters, my guides, and I ask that they allow me to be a clear channel for whatever comes out of my mouth is the exact right thing that you need to hear, witness, and be a part of. 
And so I'm so grateful to my guides and my masters. And if you feel like you want to invoke any of your guides and masters to be present with you, please do that now as well. Oh, I just felt the heat rise in my room. <laughs> Beautiful. So I want to start again with gratitude. And I know that in this time of our planet, most of us are in survival. We've sort of gotten back to that basic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Food, shelter, rent, safety, concern. And so I wanna make sure that I'm not going so far up that hierarchy that I'm only talking about self-actualization. So my intent is to, to acknowledge that we are in a different space and to work within that space. And I wanna make sure you have tools to really understand anger, which by the way, is really grief through this time. And we're all feeling trapped, whether that be physically trapped, emotionally trapped, financially trapped, and that will rise to anger at some point. So I'm really grateful that this is the time we're talking about it. I just wanna start with two stories though. I grew up in a house where anger was the primary emotion. It was a house where we were always walking on eggshells. I grew up in a house where my father, who came to this country as an immigrant and had to settle for a low paying job and didn't know how to support his family, and couldn't process that emotion, processed it through anger. And so anger became my MO for almost 30 years of my life. And I understand the depths of it so viscerally that this is such an important topic for me and my own healing. And then I wanna talk about what happened at the other end of that. I discovered spirituality and I went to the complete opposite end, which was, I'm not angry. I don't have rage. It's not healthy to have angry and rage. It's not spiritual to be angry and rageful. So therefore I just am not. Either end of the spectrum is not how we want to process anger. In the middle of acknowledging it, understanding it, empowering ourselves through compassion through it, that is where we find the nectar and the lessons of anger. And that's really where I want to guide us today. So why is this important? Why is it important to get crystal clear on what anger is and to wrap our hands around the tools of how to use it? Mark Twain said this, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Let me repeat that. Anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than anything which it is poured. And for me in my own personal experience, the longer I sat with anger, the sooner she revealed to me that she was really grief. And so the big why of why this is important is because if we wanna be happy and healthy, that actually means we need to figure out how to suffer less. And if we're not capable of transforming the pain, the grief, and the anger within us, 
then happiness will be a long distance dream. And we have all of the tools. I believe in the resiliency of us. I believe that all of the wisdom that we need is already within us. And so I simply wanna provide and facilitate this next 45 minutes or so, opportunities for you to arise your own wisdom within you. According to the Buddha's teaching, I wanna give you a little history about anger because this is the way I work. I like going in history and I'm a, and a huge, uh, uh, studier of Buddhist tradition. Even though I come from India and I was raised as Hindu. According to the Buddhist teaching, the most basic condition for happiness is freedom. And we don't mean political freedom, but freedom from the knots that keep us in our lowest frequency. Freedom from the places in which we feel like we don't know how to transition. And he calls these knots internal formations. That's why the title of this talk is how to release the knots of anger. The Buddha also says that there's three major knots, one being anger, the other being indifference, and the third being greed that keep us tied to our reincarnation cycle, our birth and rebirth cycle. So anger, indifference and greed. So anger is a big one. I want to give you the big why, why it's so important to understand anger. And part of why we don't want to continue in our cycle of rebirth is because we want to achieve what we call in Hinduism, moksha, nirvana, pure enlightenment. And so if anger is one of the triangle that keep us in our rebirth cycle, then it's one that we ought to pay attention to. Here's the next thing the Buddha says. You can't pray away or hope away anger. It is a practice. It is a real life, minute by minute, day to day strategy. We don't hope it away. We don't pray it away. We don't leave it at the feet of God and say, just take it away. Because here's the thing, our anger is here to teach us. It's here to teach us our habits, our patterns, and the lessons that we need to learn to not just evolve, but to ascend. So it's a really big why, and I just want to be really clear on that. And so I want to make sure I leave you with concrete instructions on how to do that. So anger can feel complex, right? There's so many emotions associated with it. We want a peaceful world, but we don't feel peaceful on the inside. And sometimes for me, my anger burns so bright, it's filled with such rage that I don't even want to touch it. It feels like a hot coal. I just want to ignore it. It is a complex emotion. We either want to restrain it, we want to scream it from the top of our lungs. I totally understand that. And research shows us from a psychological and physiological and neurological perspective that in either instance, either through suppression or through too much of an outward expression, it will impact our biology, our cellular structure, and our stress response. Because our amygdala, which is our fear response, is always firing. And so therefore, we're always in the energy of fight or flight. And by the way, at this particular time in our history, 
that will do nothing but lessen our immune system. And so let's be mindful that this is important now more than ever, either if we're suppressing our anger or if we're playing with it in a way that we're overexpressing it in a way that is, would be considered a not a violent communication. And so oftentimes we are also told that we cannot compassion away anger. So the Buddha says that if someone is really being angry at us, we need to acknowledge how that makes us feel. We can't just send them compassion and say, oh, they're unhealed and that's why they're doing that. Yes, absolutely compassion is a part of it, but your very real experience of whatever you just had happen to you is also valid and is also worth expressing. So don't compassion away what you're feeling because then you're just suppressing it. The American Psychological Association says that anger is a result of having expectations, more often than not unrealistic expectations. Hence, anger is triggered in a person when a situation or person does not happen or behave according to the plan in our head. That's what anger is. I also want to say that anger is an iceberg, right? Anger is what we see above the water. But what we see under the water internally happening is fear, sadness, grief, embarrassment, frustration, unhappiness. Anger also as humans in our current evolution is a natural response to pain. So when someone says, I hurt you, or I hate you, what they really mean is you hurt me. Let me repeat that one more time. When someone says to you, I hate you, or something filled with such vengeance or anger equivalent to that, what they really mean, but they cannot say is, you hurt me. And so anger is a valid emotion. I often get asked by my clients, what are emotions? So I wanna just address that. Emotions are just energy in motion. Emotions are just energy in motion. Emotions are neither good or bad, positive or negative. They are simply energy and emotion. And we don't want to not have emotion. Emotion is like our guidance system. It tells you there's something very right going on within you when your body gives rise to an emotion. It's asking you to pay attention. It's like a GPS system. Hey, take a right turn here. Check out what's going on in your body, in your soul, in your mind. So if we can see emotion as simply energy and motion that's guiding us, then it's simply neutral. It's not right, wrong, good or bad. And here's one more kicker. For many of us, being angry is more acceptable than being sad. Because being sad means we're in pain. And for many of us, we don't wanna hurt anymore. So being angry is more acceptable than being sad. And so view anger with such compassion for yourself. 
because it is not the actual primary emotion that you're feeling. It's the secondary emotion for all of us. When difficult emotions rise, which they will for all of us, understand that it's simply a signpost that your higher self is expressing to you. Hey, pay attention. You need some self-care. So I want to, that's the basics of what anger is. And so now I want to talk about the knots of anger and how they form. So I do a lot of work with clients around the unconscious mind through hypnotherapy and through something called neuro-linguistic programming. Neuro-linguistic programming is essentially how our language impacts our life. Because here's the, the, the key. Every time we speak, it creates a spell into the universe. We're creating magic with our words. So we have to be extra careful of what that is. And so in neuro-linguistic programming, we talk about something called a communication model. And this applies to any of us. Wherever you are in your journey of spirituality, wherever you are in your journey of life, the communication model is the same. And in a nutshell, it goes like this. An event happens outside of us. We perceive that event in a certain way based on our own internal formations, the way we were raised, the way we were not raised, the way we saw other people act, the way we saw our caregivers interact, the way we've been experiencing life, we call those filters. So something happens on the outside, it goes through six or seven filters instantaneously in our brain. And then we do these three things, we either delete what happened, we distort what happens, or we generalize what is actually happening outside of us after it goes through those filters, and then we create a movie. And then that movie creates a state or an emotion. And then we react by projecting whatever we just perceived. So perception is projection is a phrase we say often in neurolinguistic programming. We also say this phrase that the map is not the territory. So the map that we've created in our head is actually not the territory of the land around us. And let me remind you, this happens unconsciously within seconds of experiencing an event or having a conversation with someone. And then instantaneously, we create these knots or these internal formations in our head, and that's how we're responding to the world all around us, thousands of times a day. So it's really important that we understand that, that if we want to work with the knots within us, we have to first recognize that the knots within us are not real. They're just simply our perceptions of what we've created. Now the emotion you might feel is very real, but what actually happened in front of you may not be what is actually happening based on these internal filters or representations that we have. That creates a picture, and that picture creates a state, and that state creates an emotion, and then we're reacting from an emotional place versus a grounded and neutral place. Hi, it's me again. I hope you are enjoying this episode of Sunday School and Modern Mystic Shop. I wanted to pop in and say, if you like what you're hearing, 
especially if you love what you're hearing and you listen to our podcast week after week and you gain anything positive from it, I would really appreciate it if you would share this podcast with anyone that you think we can help and serve through these messages. It is our goal in 2020 to grow this podcast to have a further reaching audience. And the way that we've grown our business in the past has been through word of mouth through people like you. So I'm just reaching out and asking if you have anyone that would benefit from these episodes, please, please share our podcast with those that are near and dear to you. And we can see this often as anchors or triggers. I think they're called triggers in psychology, right? But in, in, in neuro-linguistic programming, they're called internal formations. And in Buddhism, they're called knots. And in Hinduism, the Hindu Sanskrit name for this is samhojana. Here's a really interesting tidbit. Samhojana actually means to crystallize. So those knots create crystals in our brains that instantaneously receive and transform information that's only our view of the world, not necessarily how the world actually is. And you might notice this in your relationships too, like what is an anchor or a trigger? So I think my mom might be on this one, I'm gonna use her an example. Sometimes my mom and I get on the phone together and she'll have this tone with me that she doesn't mean to, but in my mind, that tone means that she is about to tell me something I did wrong. And before she even starts speaking, I've made up an entire story in my head about what she's going to say and how it's going to make me feel, and I don't even have any openness to what she's going to say. So we're doing this instantaneously. You might do this when your boyfriend gives you a certain look, or your girlfriend answers a text in a passive-aggressive way, or when you give somebody a certain look, we are communicating so much with non-verbal cues or with just thoughts. We've already created an entire story based on the knots in our head about how this experience is going to go. And then the next time someone does something of that same or similar nature, that knot becomes even stronger. It crystallizes even more, which is why, as I said in the beginning, anger is a knot that we really need to work through. Otherwise, it's going to keep us from our happiness. Here's the flip side to this that's really relevant to us now. Not all knots are negative. We have positive internal formations and knots. So for example, for many of us right now, a big part of why we're feeling like we are in loss of control or we are suffering, or we are in grief, or we are in anger, is because all of our positive knots have been ripped away from us. This is how I live my life. This is what makes me happy. I go to this gym at this time. I go to this store at this time. I drink this coffee at this time. I have this conversation at this time. This is just the way my life works. This is my knot. This is my internal representation. And when that has been pulled away from us, like the ripping of a Band-Aid, we are in suffering. We are in confusion. We are in, I don't know how to pivot. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to change. So remember, not all knots are bad. 
which is why the Buddhists recommend the middle path, the neutral path. Don't be in the positive emotion or not too much, and don't be in the negative emotion or not too much. Simply allow the emotion to pass through you like a screen door. I had a teacher once who told me, did you recognize that falling in love is a positive knot? I was like, how could that be a knot? I want to be in love. What does that mean? And she said to me, you now are hooked to this person. It's called falling in love. So now you have a positive knot about how this person is supposed to react to you, how this person is supposed to make you feel, how this person is supposed to show up for you. And if they don't do that based on your expectation, it will create suffering. So just an example of how some of us are not even recognizing that there's parts of our lives in which we've created these internal representations, these crystals, that are actually not leading to our happiness, but leading to more of our pain and our anger. The Buddha says we should guard our body and our mind very carefully to prevent knots from taking root in us. Pleasant or unpleasant, both kinds of knots take away our liberty, our freedom, our ability to pivot, our ability to change. Something that came up in a client session this week. We have no choice but to change at this moment because change is the only stable ground to stand on. We have no choice but to change at this moment because change is the only stable ground to stand on. Releasing our knots, both pleasant and unpleasant, is going to make our ability to pivot so much easier. So I want to give you real tools now on how to do that. Buddha says, recognize the distress, embrace the emotion, soothe the anger. Recognize the distress, embrace the emotion, soothe the anger. I'm going to go through now and tell you what that actually means in real life. To recognize the distress. When trying to understand our own angry reaction to something or someone, we might ask ourselves, what is there about this that has hurt me or made me afraid? What is there about this that has hurt me or made me afraid? So just recognizing that we're in distress in the first place. Many times the answer to that is going to be fear, lack of love, shame, our identity has been questioned, our safety has been questioned, our social affiliation has been questioned. So that's how we recognize it. Number two, embrace the emotion. How do we do that? How do we wrap our hands around this thing that feels so painful, so hurtful, uh, so out of our control? First, by not making it into a battlefield within us. Not something that's good fighting evil, understanding that whatever arising is neutral and we treat it with a lot of tenderness. Embrace it. Lean into it. Allow for it. That may not be instantaneously in the moment. I'm going to give you some tips here in a second about what to do instantaneously in the moment. This is a practice of after the experience has happened. 
really lean into it. Give yourself permission to say, let me feel whatever the fuck it is that I'm feeling. Sorry, but that's how I feel sometimes. What is this fucking thing that I'm feeling? Let me lean in. Let me understand. I love this phrase, so I have to quote it to you. We behave exactly like a mother to ourselves. Breathing in, I know that my child is crying. Breathing out, I will take good care of my child. Breathing in, I know my child is crying. Breathing out, I will take good care of my child. That is the practice of self-compassion. Remember, when we are angry, we are not the anger. We are not the anger. We are just experiencing energy in motion. Focus on the self and not the other if it involves a human. Remember, this is all about you and your practice. Gradually, we can turn our anger into peace, love, and understanding. And then how do we soothe it once we've acknowledged it and embraced it? The Buddha gives a very, very important tip. Do not train in aggression. So sometimes you'll hear people say to you, go outside and scream at the top of your lungs or scream into a pillow or pretend you're fighting something or doing this. The Buddha says that's actually training in aggression. So if you're going to soothe the anger, you do not want to inflate the emotion by training in it. Rather, our job is to cool it down. You don't want to meet the energy of angry with more energy of angry by screaming or yelling, even if it's into a pillow. It doesn't help the emotion dissipate literally energetically and psychologically. So take a walk outside, do a breathing practice, go to yin yoga and say to yourself, Breathing in, I know the anger is here. Breathing out, I know this feeling will pass. So this both acknowledges it, the anger, and it allows the anger to pass through us, through our intention. Breathing in, I know the anger is here. Breathing out, I know this feeling will pass. Or breathing in, I am calm, breathing out. I am strong enough to take care of this anger. When we're calm enough to look directly at the anger, embrace it, honor it, feel it, we have no choice but to help those knots untangle. But if we suppress it, or if we throw it under a rug, or we overexpress it without doing these steps, those knots turn into bigger and bigger crystals. The primary roots are in ourselves of anger. It is never in the other person. It's our own internal representations that have caused anger. And this was hard for me to express, right? Because as I said earlier, I grew up in a place where anger was the primary emotion. And it, I just thought, I was just angry. So anything I said after, we say after I am is what we think we are. So I would just be like, I am angry. And I used to say that a lot. I am always angry. Here's what I learned. If I am always angry, 
because I believed of my father, then perhaps he is a sacred mirror to me. Because what happens on our inside is not just because of what is happening to us on the outside, right? Our insides are a reflection of our outside. And so perhaps if you find yourself always in anger, but you're sitting in the space of it's always about someone else and what they did to me, perhaps it's time to look inward and to say, why is this person in my life? What is the sacred mirror? And where is the anger in me that is yet left unresolved? And I tell you this from a recovering angry person. It is possible. It is more than possible. And the joy you will experience on the other side of this deep work will absolutely shock you. It is so incredible. And I will warn you, for me, it's still a minute by minute, day by day practice. It's just gotten a hell of a lot easier to do. So let me give you some tools for in the moment, for when you're in the situation and you're like, I don't know what to do. And these are tools based on our unconscious mind. So they might sound a little bit uh, weird, but they work. So this is for both when we are angry or someone is angry at us. 70% of the people that I know this technique works in and studies show. Imagine during an argument that you hear a funny sound or an empowering music or hum to yourself inside your own head. Changing the auditory system or changing one of the filters in which we are viewing the situation. For most people, their feeling neutralizes or becomes empowering. So imagine during an argument that you hear a funny sound or an empowering music in your head. Here's another trick. Make changes in your visual system of how you view the world. That means imagine the person in front of you, their head is growing the size of the room. I'm not kidding, the stuff works. Imagine the person in front of you, their head is growing the, side, the size of the room. Again, your feelings will neutralize, right? Because that's what we want in the moment. We want the feeling to neutralize. We don't want to repress it because we'll go and discuss it with ourselves later. We'll do the practice I just taught you. We'll, we'll uh, embrace it, we'll pow through it, we'll figure out what it means. But these are practices for just in the moment. And just in the moment, all we're trying to do is neutralize the emotion. Here's another trick, disassociation. Imagine stepping out of your body and imagine yourself being an observer of what's happening in the conversation or the experience. So literally step out of your body and step just somewhere else, just like you're floating, and just observe the situation and see what's happening. Instantaneously will neutralize the emotion. Or physically step out of your spot. So if you're standing in a position or you're sitting in a position, literally get up and change your physical location. That too will lead you to neutralize the emotion. And one final trick. And this is the one I probably find the easiest, count backwards from 10. Because what does that do when we're counting backwards? We're increasing serotonin in our mind. We're slowing down the brain wave. So count backwards from 10 to one, it increases serotonin and you get oxygen in your brain, which instantaneously neutralizes the situation. Remember you wanna count backwards. If you count going upwards, you're doing the opposite, you're elevating the emotion. 
So backwards, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. And I want to lead you one final quote from the Buddha. Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else, yet you are the one who gets burned. Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else, and yet you instead are the one who gets burned. So I hope that was helpful. I hope that was uh, clear. I hope it does not feel overwhelming. It's all possible, it's all doable. And I wanna give you some actual questions around this particular time in history using these tools. Because as we recognize that change is the only stable ground to stand on at this moment. So here are some questions for you to ponder, journal, think, feel into. Am I trying, that might lead to anger, right? When we, when we uh, tie this all together. So am I trying to hold on to routines, rules, or practices that have outlived their time? Am I trying to hold on to routines, rules, or practices that have outlived their time? Question number two. Where in my life can I actively let go and open myself to different opportunities? Where in my life can I actively let go and open myself to different opportunities? Two more. In which areas of my life do I feel hopeless and helpless that anything is going to change? And what small steps can I take to improve things? In which areas of my life do I feel hopeless and helpless that anything is going to change? And what small steps can I take to improve things? And the final one is how do I anchor peace as my primary emotion during the day? So how do I do that? Every morning before I wake up, meaning getting out of the bed, I'm awake. I spend 30 seconds anchoring the emotion of peace in my body, what peace means to me. And I call it peace anchoring. So I literally just put my hand on my belly, a hand on my heart, and I, I empower every cell, every molecule, every electron in my body to feel peace. And I anchor that in. And then multiple times a day, I check in with myself to see how far away I am from that original anchor. And I bring myself back. This takes seconds, not minutes, seconds. So I really encourage you, if possible, to anchor peace as the emotion from which you want to function today. I'm feeling called to share one more practice, and I hope that's okay. It's the practice of Ho'opono Ono. It's a Hawaiian Huna practice. And this is about anger. 
This is about peace. This is about emotion. This is about whatever you're experiencing now. And all you do is you ask the energy of whatever you're experiencing to stand in the center of the circle with you in your imagination. So it could be a person, it could be a thing. And you just share these four words or four sentences. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And thank you. By the way, my Ho'oponopono practice is with myself. Because sometimes the person I'm most angriest at is me. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. Or in any order that you feel called. And there's a bunch of research online about how what that is and what that means. You can go on and look at it. I just encourage you to be in curiosity versus crisis. And remember that everyone is doing the best they can with the resources they have. Each of us. I love you and I honor you. Um, in the midst of whatever is happening, what I want to do now is offer a guided meditation and a hypnosis. Um, and it's okay to seek emotional safety and support during this time. It is a sign of something very right with you if you need extra support during this time. Our brains are hardwired for connection and relationship. So reach out to friends, reach out to teachers, reach out to the modern mystic, feel free to reach out to me. Anything that you need is okay to ask for at this time and at all times, but especially this time. So we're gonna do a meditation and hypnosis I'm very excited about. So I put your notes away. Um, just create yourself in a beautiful space. I know we have about 15 minutes left, so I'm gonna do my best to, to make this a beautiful grounding experience and be respectful of your time. Remember, there's something big happening in the world, but big doesn't have to mean bad. So just take a few deep breaths. Good. And I see most of you are able to, and you're ready for this, so I'm just going to get going. Good. So take a deep breath, and as you breathe out, allow your eyes to close only as quickly as you are ready to make the changes that you want completely. Take a deep breath and allow your eyes to close only as quickly as you are ready to make the changes that you want completely. Take a deep breath and allow your eyes to close only as quickly as you're ready to make the changes that you want completely. That's right. Remember that in hypnosis, you are always in control. Remember that anything you want to do in hypnosis is always within your control. You can always come out of hypnosis. But I know you're going to enjoy this experience because this experience is going to be very relaxing. But remember, you are always in control. And at any time that you want to come out of this hypnosis and this meditation, you are always able to. Now, just for a moment, I want you to focus on the tiny muscles around your eyes and allow those muscles to begin to relax. Allow those muscles to relax completely. Imagine every word that I say is relaxing those muscles automatically. Imagine you are having your temples gently massaged. Your eyes are relaxing so completely that they just won't work anymore. Imagine this is happening automatically. Every word that I say relaxes those muscles completely now. That's right. Imagine your eyes are so relaxed, but they just won't work. Imagine this is happening. There's nothing you can do about it now. 
And when your eyes are so relaxed and you realize they just won't work, you can test them and find they're completely locked now just for a while. That's right. Now nothing bothers you, nothing affects you, nothing disturbs you. As a matter of you, it's a matter of now. The only thing that matters is the sound of my voice and that feeling of freedom that you were experiencing. That's right. Now you can let that relaxation go right down to your body. Every muscle, nerve, fiber, relaxing completely now. Because with your eyes closed, you can continue to relax. Although sometimes you might be aware of things you were before or even more aware because right now you're in 10,000 times more focused. We're working with the power of your unconscious mind, the power of which will be the bridge between who you are today and who you want to be that you know will make you happy. Just for a moment now, I want you to see and feel the beating of your own heart. Good. And just for a moment, see the faces of the people that you love, the people that love you. See those smiles, feel that love. And if you feel that love, every negative limiting decision or belief that you have about yourself or anyone else that are placed on you disappears. Just for a moment now, see the faces of the people that you love, people that love you. See those smiles and feel that love. And as you feel that love, every negative limiting belief you or anyone else ever placed on you disappears. As you feel that love and you see those smiles and imagine the looks of the faces of the people that you love, every negative limiting belief you or anyone ever placed on you disappears. And as you feel that love, the deeper in the hypnosis you drift, good, deeper, deeper, deeper now. And the deeper you go, the better you feel, and the better you feel, the deeper you go. The deeper you go, the better you feel, and the deeper you feel, the better you go. The better you feel, the deeper you go. And as you drift even deeper, my voice and words will drift with you to become part of your experience now. Everything I say now takes you deeper and deeper. Everything I say now becomes your reality. Every suggestion that we give to you now, you will act upon without hesitation because it is for your highest good, because you have a conscious mind and an unconscious conscious mind and the unconscious mind is at the back of your mind and isn't it so much easier now to let that conscious mind go simply to relax and enjoy the letting go good good you're doing so good feel yourself floating allow your unconscious mind to drift deeper and deeper and let the conscious mind drift soft you go deeper and deeper good and now we're going to begin a beautiful meditation good as every inhale and exhale you take you become more and more relaxed you're calming your body with each breath you take you're calming your mind with each breath you take you're expanding your heart with each inhale and exhale that you take good and imagine you're breathing slowly and deeply and that you're bringing your consciousness into your heart Bring your consciousness into your heart. That's right. Good. Focus on your heart chakra as you continue breathing deeply and evenly. Focus on your heart chakra as you continue breathing deeply and evenly. And you feel your thoughts and consciousness rise into your head. Remind yourself to focus on your own heart. Now bring your awareness to the soles of your feet. You can feel the earth beneath your feet. For the soles of your feet, imagine now that you have roots that grow deep, 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 deep down, down, further down, go deeper, deeper down into the earth. Imagine now that you have roots that grow deep into the earth and imagine yourself going deeper, deeper, down, down into the earth. Good. These roots from your feet are growing deeper and wider, deeper and wider, deeper, deeper down. Good. And your roots are going deeper into the earth, into the dark, rich, nourishing soil. Down now past the rocks, beyond, beyond the roots of great trees and living waters, all the way down to the fiery core of the earth. 
at the core of the earth, you are so connected to all the web of life. Good. Bring your awareness now to the base of your spine. You might feel some sensations there as you're waking up your root chakra. Imagine your root chakra at the base of your spine is now filling with light. Deep, beautiful light. At the base of your spine, you're setting a thick grounding core like a root deep into the earth. There's a magnet at the core of the earth that is grounding your body like an anchor. Feel your root chakra being grounded deeper and deeper. You're completely grounded and supported by the earth. This allows you to relax your consciousness by settling deep into your body. Good. That's right. Good. Feel how delicious it is to be connected to the life-giving energy of the earth. Now that you are grounded, now that you are grounded, now that you are so easily and effortlessly grounded, you are joyfully going to call your spirit back into your body. Visualize a sparkling star around 50 feet above your head, a big, beautiful star of light on that star in any color you like, write your name on it. Good. Your name on that star is like a magnet that is calling back your energy. The star above you is drawing in all of your soul parts, soul fragments and pieces of consciousness and thought forms that belong to you that might've slipped away over the last couple of weeks because of the time that we're in. Those parts are totally healed. So imagine they're coming through a beautiful golden liquid light, completely healed. They're now being drawn into your soul star. Good, your name on that star is like a magnet. That star is getting bigger and bigger and brighter and brighter. It fills you with light, your light. The star is filling you with so much light. It's now bursting open. That light is pouring into you and onto you like a waterfall. Your energy is the form of light is being returned to you, pouring into the top of your head, down your neck. Light is filling your heart and radiating into your arms. Light is streaming out of your fingertips. Good. Now that light is filling your chest, your torso, your legs, and your feet. Your whole body is now filled with the light from the star. All of your healed parts, your consciousness, your thoughts, and your energy have now been returned to you in your body. Good. Take a deep breath, allowing that full integration to happen. And now you seal up your aura. Your aura is filled with light and sealed with protection. Breathe in the light into your body as your aura is filled with light in every cell, every molecule, and every electron of your being. And now bring your awareness down to your feet and down all the way to the earth. You are grounding your energy into the earth. Bring your awareness down to your feet and down all the way to the earth. You are grounding your energy into the earth. And now bring your awareness to your solar plexus, which is radiating in light. Your solar plexus is just two fingertips above your belly button. 
bring your awareness to your solar plexus, just two fingertips that fall up your belly button, which is radiating with light. Feel your power. Feel yourself in control. Know that anything you want is easily and effortlessly available to you. Anything you want is easily and effortlessly available to you. You are a divine being of light. You are a magnificent soul. Anything you want is available to you. You are grounded, you are centered, you are present, and you are shining bright. Good. And so it is, and I'm gonna count you up from one to five, from one to five, and by the count of five, you'll be totally back, grounded, centered, feeling full of peace, feeling full of ease, feeling totally grounded and present in your body. One, two, three, breathing, Four, your eyes are fluttering open. Five, back, 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 back to the room. Totally back into the room. Totally back into your body. Totally back into your consciousness. And so it is. Just take three deep breaths to integrate that beautiful energy into your bodies. Keeping your eyes open or closed, but completely totally back into the room. Totally back into your consciousness. Good. I love you all so much. Thank you for a beautiful, beautiful experience. Um, reach out to me at any time. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, shoot me an email. I'll respond when I can. Thank you so much to Modern Mystic for having me. God bless you all. This episode was produced by Kirsten Hedges and produced and edited by Georgie Harris. For more information, visit us at modernmysticshop.com and click on Sunday School.